When I retired, with lots of newfound available time, I enjoyed many travel opportunities. This podcast may encourage you to visit, revisit, or experience virtual armchair travel, learning about exciting new venues. Travel is an excellent vehicle for lifelong learning. Welcome to the What Travel Writers Say podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host, and today we focus on Perry Sound, Ontario, 160 kilometers or 99 miles south of Sudbury and 225 kilometers or 140 miles north of Toronto, a popular cottage country region for southern Ontario residents. It also has the world's deepest natural freshwater port. At Perry Sound's fantastic Festival of Sound, I discovered that the well-tempered clavier is actually a sleek, shining black Yamaha grand piano that graces the stage on the waterfront at the Charles W. Stockey Center for the Performing Arts in Perry Sound. With sailboats on the water, seaplanes in the air, and a huge CN Railroad trussel in the background to accommodate trains. The center embodies its Georgian Bay cottage setting. Horizontal panels of washed natural rock in gray and tan-toned walls are complemented by thick indigenous timber posts and metallic balconies that surround the hall and support avid music fans leaning over the railing to follow their favorite performers. The auditorium floor is made of contrasting light maple strips. Architects Keith Loeffler, architect, and ZAS, Zawaski Armin Stevens, structural engineers Carruthers and Wallace Limited, acoustical engineers Artec Consultants Incorporated, and construction managers Ellis Don Limited have fashioned a superlative acoustical site. In between piano works, the tuner Ted Gerber gives the audience an overview of the three schools of tuning a word that is a synonym for tempered. It's a fascinating tidbit of miscellanea that enriches the performance for us and makes one realize that piano tuning or tempering is certainly not for the weekend athlete. The Festival of Sound is the Flourishing Perry Sound annual summer classical music festival held from July 18th to August the 11th. Mark it on your calendar for next season. In the morning, we hear Glenn Montgomery and Magdalena von Ecker play a passionate and joyous collection of Bach preludes and fugues. They are introduced by James Campbell, artistic director of the Festival of Sound. James has performed as soloist and chamber musician in over 30 countries, with over 65 orchestras, including the Boston Pops Montreal Symphony and the London Symphony. He has been professor of music at the famed Jacobs School of Music of Indiana University since 1988. Our first pianist, Glenn Montgomery, is a faculty instructor in the advanced training program at the Banff School of Fine Arts. He tells us that Bach is his all-time favorite classical composer. Magdalena von Ecker, one of Canada's finest young pianists, is at the University of Lethbridge Conservatory faculty as a piano instructor. They are both brilliant. Performers here are world-class. 
In the afternoon, we take in Bach Around Town, with Susan Schulman on flute and Erica Goodman stringing her harp in a crowded St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, with its beautiful red brick facade and large driftwood cross inside the historic sanctuary. They elicit multiple ovations. Goodman played under the baton of Igor Stravinsky in Toronto and appeared as a soloist at numerous international festivals, as well as with leading world orchestras and ensembles. Schulman studied with Robert Aiken and in Europe with Marcel Moise, Michael Debost, and Jean-Pierre Rampal. She gave solo recitals at Carnegie Hall, London's Queen Elizabeth Hall, and Wigmore Hall, and in the Chopin Institute in Warsaw. She teaches flute at McMaster University. They both play together radiantly on this fine, sunny day. The next day is the complete Beethoven for two pianos, four hands, with James Anagnostin and Leslie Kinton playing a duo on a single piano at Stocky. It gets quite crowded up here, jokes Atoll Agnostin, in between pieces. Piano for four hands only became possible in the 19th century when the standard 88-key piano was firmly established. Earlier forte pianos and harpsichords were too narrow for a pair of players to sit at a single instrument. James Agagnason is the dean of the Glenn Gould School, Royal Conservatory of Music. He is a graduate of the Eastman School of Music and holds a master's degree from the Juilliard School. Leslie Kitten is a professor of piano performance at the University of Western Ontario and is on the faculty of the Glenn Gould School. He holds a master's degree and a PhD in music theory from the University of Toronto. The audience, composed of myriad cottagers like us and other visitors, included at least one power couple, author John Ralston Saul and his wife, former Governor General Adrian Clarkson. We are all thrilled with the artistry. Besides the 480-seat Festival Performance Hall, Stocky also houses the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame, an interactive hockey museum with a wide variety of photos, memorabilia, and artifacts about Bobby Orr, born here in Perry Sound. Exhibits include Orr's NHL rings, a number of his trophies and awards, some of his jerseys, a pictorial history of his career, and a number of interactive games and activities related to hockey. Stocky sits on a 3.5-acre waterfront site overlooking rugged Georgian Bay. The building opened in July 2003 and runs year-round, presenting artists of excellence and celebrating exceptional athletes. For lunch each day, we dine at two local downtown bistros, the Mad Hatter Cafe and the Country Gourmet, both offering tasty, inexpensive fare. Strolling along Seguin Street, we discover barely used books, a treasure trove of over 100,000 books owned by Melissa Thompson and neatly divided into various categories for easy picking. Melissa tells me that she enjoys regular customers from both Toronto and London. They use a credit system for used books and enjoy an incredible stock of Canadiana as well as other genres. You can spend hours here. The Perry Sound waterfront also offers daily cruises on the 132-foot Island Queen, billed as Canada's largest cruise ship. They offer a morning two-hour jaunt or an afternoon three-hour foray amidst Georgian Bay's famed 30,000 Islands, the largest collection of freshwater islands in the world. We eagerly book a cruise for our next day. 
It's a gigantic ski slalom course, but on water, not slow-laden slopes. And instead of flexible poles embedded into the snow to zip around, Captain Steve Anderson and Keith Salt, both from Perry Sound, must arc around 30,000 Georgian Bay Islands, composed of Precambrian igneous and high-grade metamorphic rock, a.k.a. the Canadian Shield. Each jagged slab is capable of inflicting severe damage to the island queen, built in Port Colborne. A chunk of rock must be a minimum of an acre large to constitute island status. Those few that come up for sale are worth millions, exclaims Salt while sipping coffee on the bridge. Clutching the large stainless steel wheel, his partner Anderson niftily guides the 550-passenger ship through incredibly tight maneuvers, the hull dangerously close to rock. Despite the hefty 550 tons, we draw only 1.8 meters, or 6 feet of water, he explains, allowing them to slice freely through the Georgian Bay's narrow passes like a small motorboat. Hole in the wall is a favorite channel with passengers just wide enough for the Island Queen to slip through and famous for its 24.4 meter or 80 foot granite cliffs that one can almost reach out and touch, maximizing opportunities for photos. Eastern Georgian Bay is a worldwide favorite venue for sailing and cruising. Today we amble along at a steady 10 knots through water often 106.7 meters or 350 feet deep. We encounter every kind of craft, from canoes and windsurfers to elaborate sailboats and huge motorboats. And to the delight of a family of German tourists behind me, a fleet of tiny sea-dews race by, crashing through waves at unwarranted speed, driven by enthusiastic Type A's. Actually, we journey on a sixth great lake. Georgian Bay is almost as big as Lake Ontario at 200 kilometers by 75 kilometers. However, Water levels lately are at an all-time low, and consequently a problem for cottage owners and myriad boaters alike. As we cruise, a PA system informs us that there have been 6,000 shipwrecks in the Great Lakes, its cold and fresh water preserving each wreck, such as the Atlantic moored in 75 feet of clear water, a favorite for scuba divers. Anderson says that in winter the water freezes two to three feet thick, and my guess is that Perry Sound's famous hockey star, Bobby Orr, likely skated on such ice. With a year-round population of 18,000 and a seasonal population of 60,000 plus, Perry Sound was named after Sir William Edward Perry, an English rear admiral and Arctic explorer. His 1819 voyage to the Perry Channel was the most successful in a long quest for the Northwest Passage. Everyone waves as we pass, boaters, their kids, even dogs' tails. We spot the only osprey nest hereabouts with a bird sitting inside. Wind-swept white pines evoke Tom Thompson's famous painting, The Western Wind. There are fine views from each of the three decks, with spotless windows that enable the taking of pictures from inside. We selected the three-hour afternoon cruise. There's a two-hour morning option. Amidst the largest concentration of freshwater islands in the world, and we soon suffer from Freudian cottage envy, as both cruises bring one close to the pristine beauty of remote islands and the rustic charm of grand summer cottages. Captain Anderson steers the ship past granite shoals into narrow channels and shallow waterways, exploring out-of-the-way places within a geographical ecosystem so unique that it has earned world biosphere reserve status from the United Nations.
We pass the Canadian Coast Guard base, one of the largest on the Great Lakes. Its primary duty to maintain safety through icebreaking, search and rescue, and the maintenance of thousands of aids to navigation, such as lighthouses and beacons, home to small day boats, helicopters, and icebreakers. We view Kilbeer Provincial Park, one of Ontario's most popular summer parks, boasting miles of beautiful sandy beaches, huge granite cliffs, and rattlesnakes. Next is Palestine Island, where Irving Berlin, the famous composer of White Christmas and other well-known musical classics, spent many summers vacationing. We leave and return to dock close to the Stocky Center for the Performing Arts and Bobby Orr Hall of Fame. Completed in 2003, the former hosts live performances by renowned Canadian and international musicians. The latter celebrates Bobby Orr's outstanding NHL career. Behind us, the 518-meter or 1,700-feet-long 1905 CN Railroad trestle, still operable, looms high in the air, while float planes idle below. The three hours pass quickly on a warm and sunny afternoon. The ideal time for a fall foliage cruise varies, but generally the last two weeks of September and the first two weeks of October are optimum. We conclude each podcast with an appropriate travel quote. Today it's from author Robert Louis Stevenson, who said, I travel not to go anywhere, but to go. I travel for travel's sake. The great affair is to move. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. Happy travels and tune in again next week for another What Travel Writers Say podcast. <laughs>